your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian gets the snap, puts it in the belly of Wandale around the left side. He's got a first down, 35 30. Wandale, 25 20, 15 10, 5. He is in. Touchdown, Nebraska. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. A lot of you didn't think it was ever going to happen. Heck, I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. But it has at least an announcement of the startup of football in the Big Ten came earlier today. Much to the chagrin of the lot of the national media. Big Ten football planning to kick it off the 23rd and 24th of October. Welcome to, I think, a pretty joyous sports highly tonight. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you. Glad you could join us here tonight. We're going to hear from Bill Moose in just a couple of minutes. We'll also hear clips from Ronnie Green from the press conference that he had with Bill Moose earlier today. We'll have that coming up in hour number two. But we felt like it was a done deal last night, but you never know until it comes out officially, which it did this morning. Uh, Another big BTN production, which those don't just come together in an hour or two. So that tells me that the vote, Probably happened yesterday, confirmation that this was going to happen, which is what Ted Carter was saying, I believe, yesterday on the open mic that he did not mean to get out to people. But uh, it's there. There are some protocols in place about testing limits, whether you can continue to practice or need to shut down practice or even close it off um, that are in there that we didn't really know much about. But, Ben, I think all in all, a pretty good day for fans who want to see some Big Ten football here in the fall. Yeah, I think, um, I, first of all, I would agree with you that there's no way that uh, the group got together at 6 a.m. this morning and, and decided to have a vote, and this was all new, and uh, you know what I mean? Like, the fact that this was ready to go by 7.30 and Dave Rebson was in studio and they had all the guests lined up, this was done yesterday. Um, and, and so in typical Big Ten fashion, they decided to, to just wait for the announcement until early this morning. Um, you know, as soon as I woke up to feed the baby, it, it was already rumored to have come out and, you know, it eventually did. So I, I'm trying really hard, Greg, to just put how we got here aside. Um, I, I listened to about two, two and a half hours of a propaganda filled, uh, spew from everybody involved in the big 10 office. Um, the, that 16 panel that they had. Um, I mean, even even, you know, Jerry DiNardo to a certain degree, um, just patting each other on the back and, you know, how we got here and just all the team effort. And it, it was it was way over the top, in my opinion. But I, I I'm trying really hard to not have those ill feelings towards the league and towards Kevin Warren, because I don't think at this point it does any good. I think. Their reputation and, and the way that they handled this speaks for themselves. What they said today isn't going to influence me or a lot of other people otherwise. So I, I'm trying really hard to just leave it leave it in the past and just focus on what's next. As hard as that may be with so much outside noise and most of it being the national media, as you said, uh, still pounding that drum home, that, that, you know, that, that salty negative attitude. All of that being said, I'm trying really hard to just focus my energy on football being back, what our pregame show is going to look like, watching the Huskers play football again, um, not having the feeling that I had this last weekend of watching every other conference play and not the Big Ten. I don't know that it's important to me anymore, at least right now, that this is how we got here. I, I don't know that it does any any good beating the dead horse because we've been doing that for really since August 11th, but even before that. So of all the venom that I've been spitting at the league and our commissioner and the national media, I just want to kind of put that aside and just focus on the news today and, and how our players must be feeling and how our coaches must be feeling and how proud I am of our administration, both Ronnie Green and Bill Moose and, and Ted Carter and Coach Frost and all the coaches. That's kind of where I, where, where I want to focus my energy and, and just kind of move forward from the, the drama, the soap opera, the, the frustration, um, all of that stuff that, that we've been talking about and dealing with on this show really since the 11th of August. So 
I'm still a little bitter about that. I, I think I don't think I'll ever look at some of those reporters the same. I don't think I'll ever look at the commissioner the same. But all like I said, that being said, I'm just I'm just focused on the schedule coming out this week, who we're gonna play, watching some film on that opponent and putting together a pregame show and then figuring out what our game day production is gonna look like. I think that's that's where your energy is better well spent if you're if you're a football fan. Um, we don't need to be keyboard warriors anymore. We can just be Husker fans, and that's a great thing. All right, uh, phone lines are open for you tonight. We'd love to get some reaction from you about what you thought about all today. 531-500-4686, that's the number to call. Or you can fire us off a text as well on our U.S. Cellular text line. U.S. Cellular, the official wireless provider of Husker Athletics, keeping the Huskers connected. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts before we get to Bill Moose here in just a couple of minutes. All right, I mentioned that the testing rate, positivity rate, that was some new information that we didn't have today. We also, I think we were thinking it was October 17th. It's the 23rd, 24th, and you say 23rd and 24th because to fill enough television windows to cover more of the contract with the TV networks, the Big Ten's going to have to play some Friday night football games. They can't just jam it all on their Saturday windows. Um, Bill Moose has already said he did at the press conference today that he's making a push to get Nebraska at least onto the Black Friday game the day after Thanksgiving to play there. Nebraska may be asked to play on another Friday at some point in time as well. Uh, So expect some of that. And and I'm okay with that. I'm not a fan of Friday night football in the college ranks because of what it does going head-to-head with the high schools. But by late October, a lot of the high schools are done. You're in the playoffs and that type of thing. And in this this situation, I'm okay with it happening uh, this fall where maybe I wouldn't have been normally. So um, eight games, regular season. You'll play your, your division. So you're going to play Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, and Iowa. So those are six of your games. And you're going to play two of your crossover games. Purdue's athletic director said today they're going to go back to the original schedule, the one that's been out for a couple of years, the one that had Nebraska opening with Purdue. He said they're going to go back to that because that was a nine-game league schedule. So he says they're going to use that, and then it's going to take off one of the cross-division games from your schedule. And so for Nebraska, that would mean either Penn State, Ohio State, or Rutgers is coming off. If I had to bet, it's going to be Rutgers that's taken off. The Big Ten's going to give Nebraska, Ohio State, and Penn State. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever. You're mad at Nebraska, fine. Nebraska wanted to play, you're mad, fine, whatever. Uh, we'll do that. But like Ben said, we're being told we should have that schedule by the end of the week. Barry Alvarez made that comment today on the BTN infomercial that ran this morning. He said the schedule would should be out by the end of the week. And if you're just doing that, it should be pretty easy to do that. I'm sure they want some uh, input from their television partners who would will want to try to space out their better, bigger marquee games uh, to, to space them out so they're not all bunched up on a certain weekend. So look for the full schedule to come out um, by the end of the week. Eight games, no bye week. By backing it up to the 23rd and 24th of October, you eliminate the ability to have a bye week. I don't think that's a good thing, but I think that he had some schools in the league that felt like they needed that extra week to be ready to play, and so they weren't going to be ready to play by the 17th. I would have, if Greg Sharp were named commissioner today, and I think there could be worse things than that, I would have just said, okay, for the couple schools who don't feel like you're ready on the 17th, we're going to give you a bye. That'll be your bye week right there. You don't have to play till the 24th because we do have a handful of teams that are ready to go on the 17th, and then we can give them a bye later on. But that that's neither here nor there. What the other little wrinkle, Ben, that came out today was a ninth game. We knew that they were, they were gunning to have a conference championship game. That's a big re- revenue maker for the leagues. So we knew that was going to happen, that the winner of the West was going to play the winner of the East. What we didn't know is they're going to match up everybody else going down the standings. The two seeds will play the two seeds. The three seed will play the three. If you finish fourth in the West, you play the fourth in the East. And on the way down to the pecking order, that will all take place on that weekend of December 18th and 19th. So an interesting wrinkle there. So actually, they're going to try to play nine games. There's no guarantee, as we've seen with cancellations in the ACC already and the Big 12 already. No guarantee, but the plan right now is to try to get nine games in. Interesting couple of wrinkles. Backing it up by a week, Ben, from what we were hearing, and then the addition of a ninth game with matching up another game within your conference. Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose. Bill, thank you for the time. I know it's been a busy day, but I'm sure a, a good day for you. This is this is uh, something you've worked an awful lot to try to get this thing going, and, and maybe sooner than later. Uh, how, how do you feel about everything that transpired and led up to today? 
Well, it, you said it. It is a celebration, and uh, uh, I feel really, first of all, so good for our our players, our student athletes. Uh, they've been patient. Uh, they've they've stayed focused, which isn't always easy, and uh, they want to play our. Coaches want to coach, and our fans want to watch, and um, we're going to be able to do all of that now. And and, and we're we're excited. It's been a six month ordeal, and uh, had its ups and downs, and uh, we're we're finally there. So people can look forward to a 2020 football season. You mentioned the, the fans; they are not going to be allowed to be inside Memorial Stadium. That had to be a tough pill to swallow for you, because I know that's that was near and dear to your heart to try to get some Husker fans in in through the gates. Well, yeah, and uh, I pushed really hard. Chancellor Green did as well. Um, I I feel uh, I continue to feel that that should be a a local decision, institutionally, depending on. The location, the health uh, authorities, the uh, local governments and state governments. And uh, I felt we were in a pretty good place to at least get some of our fans in. But uh, um, if it was going to be a deal breaker, we, we had to uh, go ahead and, and step back and accept it. And uh, our, our fans will be able to watch the Huskers. They just aren't going to be able to do it from their seats. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about travel? Will, will, will travel be affected? We were hearing some rumblings earlier in the week that, that they may encourage teams to fly in, play the game, and fly right back out. Is that the case, or what will that look like? Well, we're going to start talking about that tomorrow as an uh, athletic director's group. Um, a little bit more on, on travel and uh, game management. Uh, uh, a lot of these things are, have got to be worked out now that we know that we're going to have a – season of competition um i do believe that we can have somewhat of a normal uh travel routine um but making sure that our charter aircraft is clean uh of course the buses and and the hotels where we stay so um we got to get a schedule in place first so we know uh where we're going to play and when and we're going to go to work on that uh well starting tomorrow all right, you mentioned earlier today when you had the press conference along with the chancellor that, that there may be some Friday night windows for, and Friday, just Friday overall windows for TV purposes. Do you anticipate a couple of Husker games, or is that still too early to determine that you may be playing a couple of games on Friday? Well, it's too early. I, I, uh, I did uh, stress the fact that we'd love to have uh, uh, Black Friday, which is our tradition, and and hopefully maybe play Iowa, who we're establishing as that Black Friday opponent. But I am on the committee uh, that that's going to look at the schedules and, and put them together and the options and such, and ultimately that will be selected uh, by the athletic directors. And um, I'm going to push for that. That's a, a tradition for Nebraska and even in this different look uh, for a, a football season hopefully we can uh, include that as well and whether there'd be another one i don't know we need to uh, provide inventory and we want to provide inventory to our television partners in a little bit of a smaller window so some of it's going to be a necessity all right, Bill Moose with us, Husker Athletic Director here on Sports on a Joyous Day as the Big Ten reopening the gates for football to start the weekend of October 23rd and 24th. Have you had it? What, what reaction has the team had? Have you been able to, to uh, hear any thoughts about that? And, and when can they go from, Bill, the 12-hour work week up to a 20-hour week and kind of really get ramped up for this thing? Well, they, they are very excited. I haven't seen it firsthand, but uh, I know uh, – from some of our people that have contact with them because finally they know that uh, they are going to have a chance to play. They'll know who their opponent uh, for that first game is going to be. They can start to prepare. We got word today that uh, we can go from 12 to 20 hours, which is normal uh, in, in a football season, 20 hours a week. Uh, we will be uh, confined to uh, no pads until – Everybody has tests uh, so that we can be testing six times a week. And, and we think that's probably going to be around the 30th of September. So we can get after it. Uh, 
a lot more time on the field and uh, in in the film room, weight room, so we can get back to somewhat a normal routine. Yeah, and I know the players are certainly looking forward to that. Bill, we've had some some people who've reached out to us to ask you, uh, now that this is a go, any thoughts of reopening that training table? I know that was one thing that got cut when you had to make some budgetary decisions a month or so ago. Is that is that in play at all to get that training table back open again for your student-athletes? We will for football because that's the only uh... – sport that's going to be competing in the fall and we do not want to uh, for lack of a better term cross-pollinate our program so we will lock down north stadium pretty much uh, uh, just confined to football student athletes and uh, start to uh, fuel them uh, as we get closer to that september 30th date very good. I mean, I'm sure that's that that's a relief for the coaches to know those guys are going to be getting fueled properly again. How about will will this allow you to bring any of those folks that have been furloughed back on the payroll at any any point in time now that you know you're going to have some events here in Lincoln? Yeah, and that's a good feeling, Greg. We'll we'll be able to bring uh some back for the training table and uh and and of course for for the game management even though we won't have fans we still have to manage uh, the stadium and and such and that so it'll be a uh probably a fairly small percentage but some of them are going to be able to come back and and uh get off a of furlough and i feel good about that and look forward to the day when they we can get them all off absolutely that's fantastic well i, I think today you got a lot of questions you and the chancellor did about the testing protocols and the rates and the red and the orange and the green zones and all those type of things how confident are you that here with your program and your team can can you meet those standards do you have a confidence level about that here even though we're still a month away from playing a game yeah i really do greg we uh uh we've had a good protocol from the very beginning uh when we when we brought our players back and all of our student athletes uh uh we now have something that we can can refer to when we're talking to them about being responsible socially uh you can infect an entire team and it's going to have a uh a chance of uh, not allowing us to play um in a week or so you know when when you have something that that is uh uh, close to the heart, and these these young people want to play. Then I think we will will be fine. We already um, we've had a few positives. We're we're way down compared to a lot of the uh, other programs in in our conference footprint. And uh, uh, I'm I'm confident that that our people will continue to do a good job there. So uh, we've had plenty of practice. We've been testing and and. Um, social distancing and uh, con- contact tracing and all the things that are common terms now we didn't even know about six months ago. So our staff and our medical people and the wonderful uh, help we've gotten from uh, UNMC uh, in, in Omaha has been uh, fabulous. So I feel real good about it. Bill, I, you know, I, you were asked today about uh, during the press conference again with the chancellor whether you you felt like Nebraska was a, kind of a pusher behind this to get this thing done because uh, of your comments, of the head coach's comments, of the the student athletes who filed the lawsuit against the Big Ten. Uh, I think there is some perception that Nebraska has become a bit of a maverick in this league. Is that fair? How would you assess that if people say, "Boy, Nebraska is a bit now turned themselves into a black sheep in this league." <laughs> Well, I, we were vocal, and uh, uh, I've, I've got to say it worked. And, and uh, all along, uh, all, all along, we we uh, we we were pretty close knit as a group of athletic directors. And by the way, I, I did mention earlier in the press conference that um, we know each other a lot better now than we did six months ago. I'm talking about the ads, and I think have a mutual respect across the board, but. Um, all of us wanted to play, uh, some to more degrees than others, and some for uh, various reasons. But uh, here in Nebraska, I felt, and Scott did as well, um, and, of course, Chancellor Green supported it, that uh, uh, we, we're we in a different part of, of the country than most of the rest of the Big Ten. And uh, 
you know, you look to the south and Kansas and Kansas State are playing, got Iowa State playing. Um, uh, the community of Lincoln is is safe and, and very clean in regards to COVID. Um, and so uh, we we were vocal, yeah, pushed, uh, persistent. Uh, whenever there was a red flag, we, we looked at it and tried to resolve it, and pretty soon it was contagious, and uh, here we are today with good news. Well, uh, if it bothered people outside our footprint, so be it, because you gained a lot of fans in this state, Bill, you and everybody who did push, because this is what's important to this state. You know that. You've been around here long enough to realize that. And so congratulations on getting this thing through. And we can't wait to see this football team trot out of the field here in about a month and play. And uh, we, again, appreciate all of your efforts on this. Well, thank you, Greg. And, hey, you're going you're gonna to have to keep your voice all tuned up mm-hmm. now because you're back in action, too. Yeah, and now I got to spend time with Matt Davison again. So I'm I, I'm kind of torn on that, Bill. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, in the end, uh, two two people with great passion and uh, big favorites to the fans, and um, I'm happy for everybody involved. And go Big Red! All right, uh, mentioned earlier that the the big press conference today with Ronnie Green and Bill Moose. They both got a chance to talk about all of this. We're just going to give you Ronnie Green's opening statement to start the press conference from late this morning. Well, good morning. Uh, it's a good day to be in Nebraska and a good day for Husker Nation. As we announced earlier this morning, as you all know, the plans for the Big Ten to resume its fall sports season for football on October the 24th this year. Um, so we have had a long road to get there um, to be able to celebrate this day for our student athletes and for our coaches who have been ready to play and want to play and return to competition. Uh, I, I know everyone knows that the decision to pause the season uh, back in uh, early August was a very difficult decision for the conference based on, as you've heard, uh, concern about being ready for that season to commence uh, safely under all of the protocols that were needed. And as we have worked diligently over this past month, uh, led by our athletic directors, led by our medical directors across the Big Ten uh, campuses, to address those questions and to be able to check off the boxes for us to be able to return to play and to return to play safely and mitigating risk uh, has been impressive to watch and to be able to see that come together in the way that it has. So as you've heard earlier today, uh, the recommended protocols by the medical team um, have been approved unanimously by the Big Ten board. Uh, for us to be able to implement and move back to a conference season beginning the weekend of October the 24th. So we're looking forward to that. We are focused on that. We are looking forward to being able to support our student athletes as they return to play and return to what they love to do. Uh, So it's an exciting day and I know we have a, a lot of details that we'll be able to talk about. Some of those details are the protocols that have been put into place by the league. Here's the chance you're talking about that. Well, let me, let me address first the protocols themselves. I uh, know that there's been conversation about that already this morning about um, what the requirements are being put into place are for the conference. I mentioned the uh, exhaustive review of the way we should move forward safely for our student athletes, our coaches, our support staff, our game management staff, um, in terms of risk mitigation around COVID-19. So the everyday point of care antigen testing approach that uh, was recommended by the medical group and being put into place on all 14 university campuses uh, for uh, the, the football programs uh, is the key part of that, uh, which we think and know is the most stringent uh, protocol of any, any uh, athletic conference uh, that exists, and it mitigates that risk down to where we are, we are very comfortable with being able to move forward. So I'll just say that first of all, um, the specific protocols around test positivity rates and population positivity rates on that everyday testing, again, 
uh, on the advice of the medical uh, recommendation, committee recommendation. Uh, they are um, appropriately stringent, but we do think they are reasonable for being able to meet them moving forward. So we're, we're, we're optimistic in being able to get those tests in place and get that moving as quickly as possible in the next couple of weeks. I, lo I love the way that he put that, Greg, stringent but reasonable. So, I mean, I, again, I feel like Nebraska and those teams that were really pushing to play sat at the table and <laughs> and were like, you know, this is what we want to do. And, um, you know, it was almost like counteroffer, counteroffer, counteroffer. That's, that's, that's basically what it sounds like happened here. And, you know, the sides ultimately agreed, you know, again, and I'm sure Nebraska bent on a lot of issues that – Perhaps they didn't want to, but the ultimate goal of having football back, if that meant having stricter policies and stricter protocols, then then so be it, as long as they were, as the chancellor said, reasonable and attainable. He he used the term, we the strictest protocols in place of any conference. I think that was important to the Big Ten to be able to come out of this and go, well, we're doing it, but we're doing a lot more things that aren't, aren't happening in the Big 12 and the ACC and the SEC. I think that was, and he made a point of, of making that comment. I think that was exactly right. Um, the the rapid testing that's been a big topic. Nebraska went out and bought their own machine a couple week about a week ago to make sure this thing can happen. The University of Illinois has one on their campus as well. That was, according to a lot of people, a game changer in a lot of the presidents and chancellors' mind. Here's Chancellor Green talking about the addition of those rapid tests. And I might I might just add to that, Mitch, that. Uh, what's different today than what the case was a month ago when we were going through this decision-making pro uh, process in, in early August is that availability of those point-of-care tests and the ability to administer that to know that we have that capacity in order to have that clean field and to have that in place for the student-athletes um, as we move forward. All right, uh, off to the fans. This is, in, this is a clip from the Chancellor talking about not having fans come into the stadiums. I'll just let you listen. We did personally believe as an institution that that was, should be a local decision on being able to have fans in the stands, so to speak, under appropriate guidance uh, with public health, obviously. Uh, but the medical team of the Big Ten did recommend as part of their recommendations that there be only family and staff uh, in person at the games. We all know Nebraska. We all know that our, our fan base, Husker Nation, the state of Nebraska and beyond, that they will be in Memorial Stadium whether they're there physically or not. And as Bill said, I know that that, uh, that may not be perfect, but they will be there uh, in spirit and they'll be there supporting our team. Um, and uh, and we, we know that will be the case. You know, Sam, your question about might this be revisited or might it be considered? Uh, this, I'll go back to what I said earlier. This is, of course, a fluid and dynamic situation. When I said we know a lot more today than we knew in August 11th, I think we're going to know a lot more in November than we know today. And we will continue to evaluate what those conditions are. Um, it is not lost on me that there are other conferences that are playing and competing as well as we know has started over the last couple of weeks and we'll see more of uh, here in the coming weeks ahead. And there are examples of where that is being done successfully. And so we will continue to learn um, more as we move forward. Okay, I think three things to pull from that cut right there. Number one, I think, you know, to just start with the last issue that they, that that's the number one retort, Greg, is while well, I watched Kansas State play and there are, there are people in Manhattan watching the Wildcats, why can't there be people in Lincoln watching the Big Red. They are aware of that. I think that's important that, that it's not lost on, on anybody that that is the case, that, that people are, are watching football in college football stadiums. Number two, it's really important to, to know and understand that Nebraska 
did speak up to the powers that be that this is what we want. We want people in Lincoln. We want people to watch games. This should be a local decision. So it's important to know that Nebraska did fight for this when they were in those meetings this last week. And I think the third thing is, um, you know, when you look at this scenario of fans not being able to uh, attend games, the, the, the chancellor kind of used the, the buzzword there, fluid and dynamic. That's why I said earlier in the show that I wouldn't necessarily think this is an open and shut case that they're no longer going to, they're not going to revisit this again. I think this conversation we, will be continued to be brought up. Now, if Nebraska or other schools that are pulling for fans win this argument or not, I don't know. But I don't think that this issue is one that's been put to bed in the agreement and they're just done talking about it. So those are the three things that I pulled away from what the chancellor had to say right there. All right, very good. We've had some people want to know about tailgating. Even though they can't get in, can they tailgate? Here's the chancellor talking about that. And I think on the second part of your question about uh, gatherings, tailgates, um, so forth, around the four home games that we'll, we'll host here or have here on campus, uh, we had already made the decision uh, going into the planning for the season when we were planning a September 5th season, you'll remember uh, earlier, that there would be no tailgating on the campus um, because uh, for us in having our academic mission under underway, we are not having group gatherings of any kind beyond the, the public health directive uh, in Lincoln of size. So that, that decision had already been made. There you go. Um, nothing's changed on that front. I think that we could all, you know, reasonably expect that if there's not going to be the, f the fans and fan involvement that on campus that there wasn't going to be any tailgating allowed on campus grounds given the circumstances his voice will sound familiar and that ball's gone bye-bye baseball his knowledge is endless he looked so fast it was unbelievable he's our major league baseball insider just ate a brownie so i'm ready to go lane grindle well, hard to believe. We, we just passed the midway point of September, which means the, the regular season is almost over. Isn't it crazy? It's really wild. It's it's hard to comprehend because it feels like we just got started. Um, I think we, we anticipated it was going to go really fast like this and that we were going to get to this point and be like, wait a second, what, the season's almost over? And, uh, I, I mean, I think you had to anticipate it was going to be like that. And, and obviously, now that we're here, that's exactly how it feels. It does not feel like the season should be ending this soon. It's kind of hard to trust that, like, these postseason chases are almost over because it just feels like they got started. But that's where we're at, and I think the next 10 days or so, it's going to be compelling. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I think the postseason format, especially for this year, is going to be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's been the big story of the week was the postseason format. It, it, were there any surprises in that to you? Not particularly. Um, I, I was really curious, you know, go back like two weeks ago. I was really curious how they would handle that first series, um, kind of the wild card round, which has been redefined. Obviously, everybody's going to play in it. It's going to be seeded one through eight, and there's going to be three games. We knew that much. But with all the talk of bubbling the postseason, you really didn't get that much benefit from being the one seed versus being the eighth seed other than who you drew in the postseason, right? Because you wouldn't have been able to have home games. And I know there aren't crowds, so how much of an advantage is it? But if you're sleeping in your own beds, it's probably a little bit of an advantage and um, at least something to play for, a little bit appealing. And, and so I was curious how they would do that, if they would bubble everything um, or if they would wait until later in the postseason to bubble. And now we know that they're going to wait uh, and not bubble that first round. And so the teams that are the number one seeds, if it's the Dodgers and the NL, then they're, they're going to be able to host those three games. And I think there should be some benefit to that because, look, you're having to play an extra round now that you wouldn't have had to play before uh, for having the number one seed. So I think they've got that right, and I think it's going to be kind of fun. I think those three-game series are going to be exciting and wild and really good television and radio, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. 
I, there's been a lot made, Lane, about later on not having off days built into the playoff schedule. Your thoughts about that, and obviously if you have a dominant one and two starter, you maybe can only run them out there once or two. I mean, it, it's going to limit how much those one and twos can throw. How, how big a factor is that going to be? Well, I think it's going to put an emphasis on the depth of your team, which I, I think is a good thing. I, I like that, to be honest with you. I think it it puts a bigger emphasis on who's built – the best roster and I don't know that it's always that way in the postseason because of those extra off days that are in there and just a different way to manage yourself to 27 outs sometimes which is also kind of part of the depth right with your arms but um, look there's not going to be the travel involved in these these series that you normally would have and so you can play these games more frequently you don't have to have that off day they're going to have a couple of off days in the middle of the world series but that's it but there's not going to be the travel involved. And some people might say, well, do you need the off days in case you have a positive case or something like that? Well, that's why they're doing the bubble the way they're doing it is to hopefully guarantee that there won't be any positive cases. Once you clear the protocols and you're in the bubble, you're good and you're not going to be in any danger um, throughout the rest of the postseason. So they don't have to worry about those types of things. That's the whole point of it. So um, I think it's good. Uh, it's going to be interesting. People are going to carry some of those losses or wins with them maybe into the next day. Now, don't tell Darren Erstead I said that, but I think that some <laughs> people might do that. Um, that's an inside joke between you and I because Coach Erstead never thought that there was any such thing as momentum that carried over from one game to the next. But uh, I do think that there could be a little bit of that at play too, and so I think it'll be compelling. It'll be fun. The commissioner raised some eyebrows this week when he said that this may not be the only time they go with this expanded format like that. That would really be a, a tremor through baseball, wouldn't it, if they go to this kind of a format next year? Yeah, I, I think just – I would say to that we'll have to wait and see. There, there's a lot of people that would have to sign off on that. I think everybody this year is in the mode of, hey, let's get all hands on deck, let's be open-minded, let's do whatever we have to do to make the game even more compelling than normal. If we can create some different revenue streams, let's do it uh, for the good of these clubs and, and for everybody involved in it. And I think that's really commendable, and it's been great. I think more long-term changes like that, um, or even like the DH, I, I anticipate the DH is probably here to stay now in the National League, but because um, there was so much momentum for that before this. But I think uh, some of the other rules, the, the, the extra inning rule and some of that stuff, I, I think that's going to be revisited moving forward, and we'll see what really becomes of it. And I think that's kind of the same case with the expanded postseason. I think you're going to be able to, to show some additional revenue, and so never bet against that. But, um, you know, the players will have to sign off on it, and, and a lot of people will have to, to get behind that first before we can say that's a deal that is absolutely going to happen. Lane, it's always amazing to me. We make so much about these new rule changes before a season starts or right away, and then you get into the season and you really forget about it. Like, I don't even know if anybody remembers the three-batter rule for the relief pitchers. It doesn't really seem like it's affected the game hardly at all. Well, I, now I, I notice it a lot calling the games um, because there's just situations where you bring – for us, I mean, the Brewers have Eric Yardley, who's a right-handed submarine uh, reliever, and they have Alex Claudio, who is a left-handed submarine reliever, and there's been times where they're trying to piece together an inning, and you realize, okay, Claudio's in here to get this lefty, but there's two righties after him, so if he doesn't get him, he's got to face these next two guys, and so I think it does come into play, maybe not as much as people think that it would, and I do think it, it has kept the games moving, which has, you know, been a been overall a very positive thing too but I, I think it does come into play I think the part that's also interesting is like you come in and you get the last two outs of an inning and you face two batters and you get two outs you would think okay your time's done because you can you can be lifted from the game at that point in time but if you come back out and take the mound and my example is not a great one because you've already faced two but if you face one and come in and get the final out of an inning, and then you go back out there, you got to face two batters the next inning. Or you can be lifted, you know, before the inning begins. So those little things have been kind of interesting nuances to those rules that some of them we've learned as we've gone along this year, to be honest with you. But uh, I think that, that rule's probably here to stay. I don't think that one's going to go anywhere. I mean, that that wasn't an experimentation because of COVID. That, that was already in place before the year began. I mean, we were talking about that during spring training. So I think that one's going to stick around for a while. 
All right, uh, you guys are wrapping up a lengthy series with the Cardinals over just a short amount of time, right? Two doubleheaders in three days. Yeah, our last 16 games, 10 of them were with the Cardinals. So we'll, we'll <laughs> finish up five of them today with a doubleheader. Off day tomorrow, the final one of the regular season. And then the Royals come to town for three at Miller Park. And then we go to Cincinnati and then five more with the Cardinals in, in, in St. Louis to finish up the season. So there's a lot of drama left. Uh, right now the Reds are technically ahead of us in the standings, and the Cardinals are, but both are within a game. So there's a big opportunity for the Brewers to go grab that second spot out of the NL Central. Going to be a fun final week. How much uh, noise did the Big Ten's decision today make up in your neck of the woods? It made a fair amount, yeah. I think a lot of people are excited that football's back. And um, I, I think that a lot of people were hoping that it, that it would come to this, that somehow the Big Ten would reverse its course and decide to play. And I think that uh, people are, are welcoming that. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. I really wish there was some way that, and I think everybody wishes there was some way that you, you could have seen some fans get into the stands at, at these games. And, and maybe that's something they will revisit at some point down the road. I don't know. But um, I think overall people are just glad to see these kids get the opportunity to play football because these kids have worked so hard to put themselves in this position. They deserve this if this is what they want. And I think overwhelming majority of them, this is what they want. And so you hate to see that opportunity taken away from them if there is a responsible way to do this. And I think there is a responsible way to do this. And I think the leaders of the conference didn't get it right at first, but I think they're getting it right now. Very good. Okay, well, have a good week. We'll talk again next week. All right, thanks, Greg. It's time to buy or sell. Buy sell is brought to you by Famous Dave's, your perfect catering choice for business lunches, meetings, weddings, parties, and more. Treat your guests to authentic smoked daily barbecue, made from scratch sides, and award-winning desserts. Famous Dave's, we do catering right. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Brett Whitty Sold. and Josh Hilkeman. That's right. This feels like kind of the old, old crew. You know, it's it, we're back together again, but we're the OGs. Right. That's the word for it. <laughs> Not quite as OG as OG as can be, but it's it's pretty much that way. So yeah, we're missing Chad Fessler. That's right. The real OG. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I. It's funny. So the. Last week, after last week's uh, episode, I started working on a spreadsheet of how, since we're all asking questions now, I kind of wanted to know who asks tough questions, who doesn't, who answers different people's questions a certain way, etc. And so I put that together, and there's not obviously a whole lot of data yet, but we do have a couple of interesting trends. So far, Ben, you're asking relatively easy questions, it would appear. Uh-huh. You have, okay. Your, your, your questions are getting a- answered at an 80% clip through Ooh, five wow. questions answered so far. That's everybody. So like Greg and Brett are, are five for five on your questions. Hey, thanks, Ben. So, and meanwhile, Brett, Layups. meanwhile, Brett is asking the toughest questions. His out of, out of four questions, he's at getting answered at a twenty five percent clip. Uh, so all that soccer stuff at us. Yeah, yeah. Is this is this a goal? Because I could I could toughen these babies up. That's, I mean, sure. We I don't. De- we were debating if it was better or worse for me to have that that kind of uh, stat line, and I, I think it's worse. Okay, here's the thing though. It it evens out because overall, as a group, we're answering questions at a fifty point five percent clip. So and, that's okay. and Josh, sorry to interrupt you, but I know one of my questions that we're gonna get to tonight. The, the buy-sell about no-hitter. I know there weren't very many people that got that right, so that'll get a pop that percentage down a little bit. Right, exactly. So we're, we'll get to our answers here in a little bit, and that one we'll, we'll end with. But we start with an NFL question, and this is from August 19th of 2020. And this was asked by you, Ben. Buy or sell that Patrick Mahomes would throw as many or more touchdowns in week one than Cam Newton and Tom Brady combined. And it was a buy. Mahomes had three touchdowns. Newton uh, had zero, and Brady had two. So he outscored them in the touchdown category. Everybody bought it except for Austin, who sold it. So we were... All right, except for Austin. I felt like that was a decent little line. I it mean, was. if it was no. total touchdowns, it wouldn't have counted because Cam rushed for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I agree. That was a a good line. You're surprised that Tim took the bait on that one. <laughs> yeah. He's not here to defend himself. So? 
Let's bash him. <laughs> <laughs> next next answer also comes from a bin question asked on August 26th from the NFL buy or sell that Chiefs first round pick Clyde Edwards Hilaire or a first round wide receiver would score the first touchdown by a rookie this year. That ended up being a buy. It was Edwards Hilaire with the first touchdown by a rookie. We all bought that and got it right except for Josh Hilkeman. Oh, come on. You <laughs> just just a horrible sell there. Yeah. How that how that I remember that. that bus feel. Josh. I remember Josh yeah. just saying, oh, I'm going to go opposite. When everybody goes the one way, I'm going to go opposite. <laughs> well, and, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't have asked that question if I if I had – because when I asked it, I, I, I didn't have in mind that the Chiefs were playing before everybody else. So oh, that, well, that kind of changed, you know, changed the – Real, like if, if because if the Chiefs played well, at noon on Sunday, it's not it's it's whoever scores first. Right. You know, the Chiefs and had my, an entire game. And honestly, my thinking was was that he was not going to score a touchdown in Week One. Like I just figured he'd be held off the scoreboard in Week One. Somebody else would do it later in the week. Besides, uh, you know, a first round rookie wide receiver. So so I think be- let me let me say something here <laughs> that I'm not positive, but we will need to check it. I think the first rookie to score on Sunday was J.K. Dobbins, so that would have been a sell. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's probably right. So I was can, that close. Can Ben ask all the questions? <laughs> right. We're, we're, he just <laughs> laying them up here on a yeah, tee Yeah, then it turns us. into a feel-good segment. That's <laughs> right. Right. All right. So that this is the question that you talked about earlier, Ben, and this is uh, the Major League Baseball one from August 26, 2020. Buy or sell that someone else would throw a no-hitter this season or hit for the cycle the remainder of the regular season. That answer was a buy, and Greg and Ben, you both bought that and were right, so yep. you're right. the rest of us got it wrong as Alec Mills uh, did that earlier this week. So, yeah, that was uh, – you're right, Ben. That brought the percentage down a little bit, except for Greg still six <laughs> for yep. six. So Keep, yeah. keep yeah, him coming, Ben. Greg, I'm surprised, you, I'm surprised <laughs> that you bought that a little Come bit. Come on. I, I didn't think there was any any way that would happen after the yeah. first one. There's no way I thought that and, was going to And, guys, you realize how close we were to a couple, right? Corbin yes. Burns yep. from Milwaukee had a, had a chance. Yep. Uh, we got close to a cycle. Um, gosh, no, I can't remember who almost. I think somebody was a triple short of the cycle, and I can't re- Oh, it was Fran Mil Reyes, and the reason why he didn't get the cycle is because Carlos Santana was dogging it around third. <laughs> it cost him a triple against the Royals. Yep. Exactly. Sticking with MLB, uh, Ben, question asked on September 2nd by ourselves that the San Francisco Giants would score 23 runs in their next six games. That ended up being a bye. They smashed that and scored 33 runs uh, in their next six games from September 2nd. Uh, Greg, Josh, myself, and Austin all bought it and got it right. It was Ben and Tim with the cell getting it incorrect. (laughs) Ben and Tim sticking together. (laughs) Yeah. Don't like the fact that I have an 80% success rate on my questions, and I got one of them wrong. You got one wrong. (laughs) Darn it. Exactly. All right. This uh, question came from Brett, an NBA question on September 2nd. Byers saw that at least two series in the semifinal rounds of the NBA playoffs would go to a game seven. That was a buy. Both the Celtics, Raptors, and Clippers, Nuggets went to a game seven. Guess what, guys? We all sold it. We were all wrong. <laughs> oh, That's, man. So Brett's percentage is just on, oh, you know, he's just man. asking the tough questions even on yeah. himself. I, well, I thought I was going to get that right. So if, if that had gone the way that I thought it was going to go, we'd all have gone that right. Right. That's my fault. Yeah, that's your fault, Brett. All right, uh, moving on to college football, Greg's question by yourself that any of the top 25 games over the weekend would be decided by single digits. That ended up being a sell. Even the Iowa State upset was a 17-point spread. Uh, Greg, Ben, and Austin all sold that and got it right. Uh, Josh, myself, and Tim were all incorrect, so we split that one. How about that? It had an upset, and it still wasn't even single digits. It wasn't single digits. I mean, I I thought. Just whacked them. When I went back and looked, I was like, I thought, like, just in my mind, I felt like there was one game that was close enough, and obviously that one one wasn't. So, and I I think I was thinking of the Kansas State game, but they obviously weren't a top 25 team. So, Mm -hmm. there you go. Uh, next up, these are, again, questions from last week. Austin in the NFL asked by ourselves that the Kansas City Chiefs would score 37 points or more in last Thursday's game against the Houston Texans. It was a good line, uh, but it was a sell. The Chiefs only score only scored 34 
points. Um, and the uh, left half of the bracket took it uh, and got it right. Greg, Ben, and myself all sold it. The rest of the guys bought it and were incorrect. So we talked about this on our fantasy football podcast, which yep. you should all go download and listen to, Do by the now. way. Um, that that was a tremendous line by Austin, and it took three snaps inside the two mm. from the Texans to hold the Chiefs out of the end zone for that to be a sell. It's a good point. Good point. Good question. All right, uh, moving on. College football. Ben asked this one last week by ourselves that at least three FBS football teams would score at least 50 points over the weekend. That ended up being a bye. Texas scored 59, West Virginia 56, Pitt with 55, and Texas San Antonio with 51. We all bought that, and we're all winners. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, Ben, for your easy question. <laughs> I keep them coming. <laughs> Well, see, and what again, ben that wasn't a terrible line. There no, was only no. four, and two no, of them barely made it. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I feel like we're just getting. Is it coincidence when it's a very, well, very okay? Hilarious. So this, I feel like I feel like if the lines were just awful and they were like, you know, <laughs> buy or sell that there was four home runs hit in Major League Baseball last week and there was 66, then yeah. we'd have an issue. Right. Here's the thing. My the the spreadsheet. Like, I'll be curious to see what happens in you know like two months from now. But here's the other thing. I feel like in a normal season, a buy sell. We'll get out to one uh, start one way or the other. Like the questions will seem like super easy or super hard. And I'll spend the entire rest of the season trying to, you know, make them swing the other way to get things back out to more of a level field. But it's, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm going to be hitting the stat cast hard this next week <laughs> right, and, and pulling from Vegas. And all bins are going to be ors and ands and yeah, parlays. Yes. Well, I got a couple of those this week. So all right. buckle oh, in, spoiler, fellas. spoiler. All right. Uh, this one. <laughs> Next one was from Greg asking a Major League Baseball question. Buyer saw that the Atlanta Braves would still be in first place after last night's games, and the answer was a buy. They're in first place by three and a half, and everybody got it right with a buy except for Greg and Brett. Well, Greg, yeah, you I, sold your own I, question. Yeah, I was sensing the Phillies making a run, but yeah. they had a bad week. Yeah, and and the Braves pitching is absolutely terrible. Terrible. So, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Over, over. Yeah. But they're mashing the ball, though. It's yeah. Just, it's crazy. You were sensing a, a run there or some kind of a streak, and it, it didn't quite come to fruition. But. Yep. All right, uh, Tim's NHL question, uh, his weekly NHL question. <laughs> Buy or sell that the Dallas Stars would score at least two goals in each of their remaining games of their series. That ended up being a buy. They won three in a row to close out the series, scoring three goals, two goals, and then three goals. Uh, everyone was a seller on that one except for myself and Tim. So Tim got his own question right. How about that? Game Good for Tim. I think in one of those games, the Stars scored in like the last two minutes to get yeah. their second goal to force overtime, I believe. Right. That was a, two of the two of those games were overtime. Yep. So, yep. But they did it, so it was yep. a, a buy. We got to give them credit for that. And our last, <laughs> the Cup Finals are not set yet, right? Because the Islanders right. won last night. Correct. Yeah. They extended that series. In fact, I'm guessing we'll probably have some question from that later on from Tim. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> we. Wrap up our answers with an NBA question from Austin. By ourselves, that at least one NBA Western Conference semifinal series would go seven games, kind of similar to one of our other questions, but it was a buy. Clippers and Nuggets uh, went seven games. Greg and Ben, you were the only ones to buy it, and you were the only ones to get it right. All so, right. Well done. You guys uh, have started to pull away from the pack, both eight of 11 this week, which makes you – 20 of 32 on the season, Ooh. well over 60%. The rest of us went 6 of 11, or excuse me, 5 of 11 uh, this week. You myself, all went 5 of 11? Every single one of us, the wow. producers as a whole, myself, Brett Austin, <laughs> and Tim. So we are uh, kind of bringing up the rear here. We're, we're in the low 40% at 14 of 32. We oh. need to pick it up, guys. Like, what what are we doing here? I started I, off so well. I, I feel like, to me, going into this whole idea, I was thinking – we need to do something uh, like my goal was it's producers versus the on-air guys. So like yeah, if we're, we, we're the Wiley vets, right? We we wanted to bring you down. We, it was four against two. <laughs> we and we're still we're still just yeah, not good. I, I, I'm telling you, there's no chance that we're I'm gonna, gonna be honest. <laughs> this is a little weird. Like like kind of pulling for Greg because he's been my nemesis in this forever. So, I mean, so I don't really feel good about it. You're tied for first place, so like you can still beat him. But yeah, you're you're on the team with him, I guess. So yeah. it's it's a weird dynamic here, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, let's jump into this week. And Brett Brett was the one to get all collect all the questions, so he's gonna ask his own questions, and then uh, Tim and Austin's as well. 
All right, starting off with an NBA question by or sell that Kimball Walker averages at least 18.5 points in the rest of the East semifinal matchup with Miami, or that Kimball will have a 30-plus point game in the remainder of the playoffs. Hmm. Whose question is this? This, this is Brett's. my question. <laughs> you can write my answer down. <laughs> well. So, uh, Ben's buying. You yeah. know he's not he's not playing very well. So Average, you, yeah, 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 averaging fourteen point eight over his last yeah, five he's, games. He even said it after last night's game. He goes, "I'm not playing well." He is horrible. So the the eighteen point five, I would not take that. But I think he has a game. I think he's got a big game. Any what was it? Thirty? You said thirty? Yeah. So you're buying then, Greg? Um. 30's kind of a lot. He's got. He, I think lot. he's got three 30-point games. In I, well, I was going to say so we're far. late enough in the playoffs that if you have a 30-point game, that's going to help you <laughs> to get 18 and a half true. for the Very average. True. But I'm going to sell it. Yeah. All right. I, Brett, this was your question, so technically you should have gone first, but you're going to go last. I'm going to sell Sorry. it as well. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. Actually, I think I'm. I like to hate on Kimba uh, just because of Ben, but I also think <laughs> there's no way that he keeps doing as awful as he is on the offensive end. Okay, he's not awful. He's still Come on be terrible now. defensively. He's still a giant liability still... as a four-foot person on an NBA team. I mean, he's still buying He will the break your ankles. <laughs> that, that's unquestionable. That doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> take away from the fact that he's four feet tall. Well, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm up next. Yeah. I'm going Major League Baseball. Buy or sell that the Chicago White Sox end the regular season as the number one seed in the American League, which they currently are. They are. And I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I'm, I'll am i go next. I'm going to sell that. I, and I don't necessarily think that the Twins will catch them in the division. They have a couple games to make up. Uh, but I just think that they'll they'll cool off a little bit, and somebody from another division. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody will will catch them as the number one seed. Um, I'll, I guess I'll go next. I'm selling it too. I Giolito is is pitching right now. He's kind of getting hit around again by the Twins. He hasn't been as sharp. I don't have a lot of faith in the White Sox pitching. Hmm. Um, I. I'm kind of leaning more Oakland, except they were dealt a big blow with Matt Chapman yeah. on the IL, too. But give me the Twins, give me the Rays, give me the A's to catch them. Yeah, it's the field. It's the whole field I'm gonna, question. I'm gonna, yeah. And, and I'm, not, I'm not discounting the Yanks, either. I mean, they, they got Judge back. They got Stanton back. Um, they're blasting the, the, the Blue Jays tonight. So I'm going to take the field. Okay. Right. Yeah. Plus, I hate the White Sox, and and I can say that because Bummer's on the IL. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll see, and I'll follow that up and say I'm not a fan of the White Sox either. Uh, I'm going to take the field on this one. I don't know if it's going to be the Twins, but I hope it is. Love it. Love it. Ben, you're up next. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll see if we can uh, derail some of the boys here with uh, <laughs> with, with some of the hard. Lob questions. it up here, Ben. Okay. This was uh, <laughs> this was a question pulled from. The news today that Nebraska would have their football season back. Buy or sell that Nebraska's two crossover opponents had a combined 15 or more wins last season. Oof. So this is basically, if, 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 if we're pulling from the schedule, there's one of two choices here. Buy <laughs> or sell that Nebraska is getting Ohio State and Penn State, or they're getting Ohio State and or Penn State and somebody else. Right. And I am buying that Nebraska's two crossover opponents will have 15 or more wins, meaning I think it's going to be Ohio State. And um, how, many State. The, how many did the Buckeyes have by themselves? It was nine and seven, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I think they ended up with 16, and I knocked it down a game. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying. Yeah, That's, I'm going to buy that one, too. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all <laughs> no, on bad. Board. Easy question. Everybody buy Ben's question. <laughs> well, yeah. Buy. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. All right. <laughs> Moving on, my my question. That was, okay, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. This is more of a stick it to the Big Ten question than right, it was. Right, it's more a statistical buy sell to prove a point. Well, and that's yes. why I think the answer could be a stick it to Nebraska kind of answer. So. Yeah, true. All right, uh, let's see. My question it comes from the NFL buy or sell that Joe Burrow runs for at least one touchdown tomorrow night or passes for more yards than Baker Mayfield and. I have thought about this all day. Still don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to – I'll buy it. I feel like on an or question, you have to buy it just because you think that one of those things would happen. Who's the home team? 
Is it the Browns? I think it's the Does Browns. Does it matter? Yeah, it doesn't matter, but I think it's the Browns. So neutral? Right. <laughs> oh, Both boy. are in Ohio. A meaty six points in their first week. So he he runs for a touchdown or he throws for more than Baker. Yeah, more yards than Baker. Either of those things happen, it's a bye. Am I up next or is Brett? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just go with whatever you feel like. We, we've we've lost control, so. <laughs> uh, compared to other weeks, we, this is award-winning. It's tamed down, <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim at the controls. Woof. I, I'm going to sell it. Uh, I don't think he rushes for one, and I think Baker ends up having a decent game. All right. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna buy it. Uh, the Browns are a, a dumpster fire. Baker is uh, he's not very good. He'll be he'll be seeing the bench here in the next couple of years. All these all this, all this ad money better uh, be going into a savings account. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Do we know if Jarvis Landry is playing? Right no, no, no idea. A note right here. Uh, he's listed as questionable. I don't know that he plays. That's a that's a quick turnaround. Um. Hmm. One rushing. I don't this, think he gets the rushing touchdown. This is a good question. Baker threw 39 passes, I believe, in week one. And I think Burrow threw 36. But Burrow did carry it eight times. Yeah, I'm going to buy it just because I'm off Baker right now. And ODB is worrying about other things in football right now. So <laughs> sure. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the rookie. Why not? All right, we, we Brett has Tim's question next. All right, look Tim, out. Tim's, <laughs> what, what's it from? Yeah, <laughs> what, what category are we going here? NHL boys, uh, buy or sell that the New York Islanders advance past the Tampa Bay Lightning, or the Lightning score at least three goals in tomorrow night's Game Six. I'll just answer first. Yeah, um, go for it. I, I believe the Lightning will score more than three tomorrow. Okay. So, I'm so that's a four. So, yeah, that's a buy. Um, yeah, Greg, you go. I'm a buy as well. I don't think the Islanders win, but I think Tampa scores three or more. Bye. Well, I want to make up ground on you two, so I'm going to sell it. I got to, got to pick my spots. but I, And I here's the thing, though. We don't have Tim's answer to this yet. I, I think he's buying it, so I guess maybe we should go along That's with him. That's the thing. We need to know if he was creating this question he, as a seller. I think that at one point he said that every single question that he ever asks, he's going to buy. Yeah, I think I <laughs> did hear that. So I don't mouth. know what – that's an interesting strategy, well, but – uh, in that case, I'm going to sell it. <laughs> All <laughs> right. I'm going to fade that pick. Fair enough. And then you're up again next, Brett. All right. Uh, uh, this is my question, another NBA question, buy or sell, that either LeBron James or Anthony Davis are the leading scorer in this year's NBA <laughs> Finals. Finals? Given that they finals. make the Finals. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a little two-parter. Mm. That's ba that's basically a parlay, Greg, for you. So parlay for I Greg. Snuck it in there. It's not an and technically, but it's kind of implied and that the Ooh. Lakers have to make the finals first, and that one of those guys is going to be the leading scorer. So, <laughs> man, yeah. Right. With that in mind, I'm going to buy it. I think I think it's an easy buy. Oh, an easy buy. <sighs> yeah, easy, easy buy. I, I'm going to buy it too. Wow. I, oh, I, I'm I'm holding my nose as what I. What are we do doing it, here, Greg? I'll, I'll I'll buy it. <laughs> you know what? Go Nuggets. I'm selling. They're not, not even wow. going to make the finals. I, I want to lose this. I want to lose this. I do. <laughs> You're such a man. They're, hater, they're, man. they're the team of destiny, right? Can they really do it again? How about how awful PG-13 and Kawhi oh, were? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm hoping the combo that we just talked about, LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, are just do as bad. Way. Yeah, they just yeah. collapse. Watch them, go for two, two, watch them go two for 18 in the fourth oh, quarter in yeah. game seven. Let's go. 0 for 11 from the field. Ben, what's your answer game? here? I don't know. I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll pass. <Yeah. laughs> Put me down for a question uh, mark. Let me sleep on it, actually. <laughs> All right, Greg, back to you. All right, my second one. We're going college football yes. here. Love this thing. Okay, this week, are you buying or selling that more than two top 25 teams lose this weekend? And I'll preface that by saying there is one matchup between top 25 teams. So you're guaranteed that one loses. So, so at more least than three. Two. So you need at least three, correct? Correct. 
You're up first. That's a good line. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back Whoever there. Whoever set that. <laughs> Give Man, yourself a what day a, off. What a line. I'm going to buy it. All right. Yeah, I, I'm going to buy too. I This is funny. I uh, already submitted my picks for Friday for our top 25 picks, so I already know which, oh, gosh. which ones I've, <laughs> I've got and don't have, so I'm buying. I, Yep. I'm going to I'm gonna buy that one, too. After what we saw last week, it seems like a lot of teams aren't necessarily prepped the way that they normally would be, so it's a lot of, a lot of funky scores and outcomes. Plus teams that normally wouldn't be in the top 25. True. Yeah. Oak State's now losing to Tulsa. I watched Austin P play plenty. They're not going to beat terrible. Cincinnati. Come on, guys. The new Ragin' Cajuns in the poll against That's Georgia right. State. They're a, a three-score favorite. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pitt's favored by over three touchdowns against Syracuse. Notre Dame's favored by almost four touchdowns against USF. Carolina by 30 against Charlotte. USF and Georgia Tech, that could be interesting. The Knights, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. App State and Marshall, I could see Marshall winning. Um, We are. <laughs> you didn't mention the Citadel and Clemson. Yeah, come, come on, on man. Oh, Citadel. I hadn't gotten there yet. Uh, only a 45-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> That's it. Over the in-state rivals, the Citadel and Clemson. Give me Citadel. <laughs> I'm going to sell it. Give All me the right. favorites. All right. And then, Ben, you're up next with your second question. Uh, okay, this is kind of a statistic as well. Christian Yelich, reigning MVP, had his first three-hit game of the season yesterday. How about wow. that? Crazy. 46 games into the year, he had his first three-hit game last night. Buy or sell that Christian Yelich has another three-hit game and the Milwaukee Brewers score at least 12 runs in a game before the end of the season. Those parlays. The, sec the second part to the, that question is because the Brewers have scored 19 and 18 runs each in the last week. So yeah. I knocked it down a few to get at least 12, but Yelich needs another three-hit game. I'm selling. How, how many games left? It's um, not that many. Maybe 12? Right. Yeah. Like that left for them? Man. I think I'm, I'm selling gonna, as well. Yeah, I'm going to sell that. I think it's more possible that Yelich gets a three-hit game than the Brewers getting 12 runs again. Yeah, I, I'm selling too. Yeah, I don't like Man. those games. You guys know I don't like those. <laughs> yeah, can I switch to a buy? No, you already got your <laughs> question submitted. I hate that we're all on the same page. We better all get it wrong then. Right. Well, Tim well, and Austin right. still have to submit their questions, so we're good. All right. Uh, next up, <laughs> I'm I'm up with a golf question. Buy or sell that Dustin Johnson and John Rahm both finish in the top 15 of the U.S. Ooh. Open, and I am gonna buy it. Sell. <sighs> Always take the field, right? This is a big field, 156 golfers. But, man, those two guys have been good. Just a uh, stupidly ridiculous course. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I'm going to sell it. I'll take the field on that. Uh, I'll buy that one just because DJ has been so hot. All right. Well, they, but they both have to be in the top 15. Yes, they both have to be. I'll bank on Ram getting in. Rom. Rom, sorry. <laughs> CD-ROM. All right, uh, wrapping up wrapping up the questions with an Austin question from College Football Buyers Sell that the Big Ten Conference gets in at least 90% of its scheduled games this football season. That would be 57 of 63 scheduled games. Sell. Oh, man. <laughs> Sell. Can't we? We had, who was the caller that, that just complete? was it Drew and Platts? Yeah, Drew. Completely yeah. changed, flipped my mind. Drew, yep. I'm selling this because of you. Wow. There you go. Drew. The, pro the protocols are steep. Yeah. They are. So. Oh. You guys. Um, as you as you get ready to sell it. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy it. Why not? I, I, I got to go opposite, right? That's right. been my whole approach. I can't go back on it now. I have to take the logical answer. Yeah, I knew so. you were going to sell it. So that's that's fine. I'll, I'll stand alone. Got to make up ground somehow, even though that will, won't be till December. <laughs> Yeah, you right. won't know Actually, that it might be late October. You might, you, yeah, you might know earlier. <laughs> yeah. All right, that was fun, boys. Enjoyed that.